0: This is The World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. China said it would sever talks with America on defense and climate following the visit of Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of America's House of Representatives, to Taiwan on Tuesday. On the second day of its most provocative military drills in decades, which included live-fired missiles over the island, China also sent warships across the Taiwan Straits median line on Friday. The White House warned of stumbling into a real conflict. Sergei Lavrov, Russia's foreign minister, said that his country was open to a prisoner swap with America in the case of Brittany Griner. The basketball star, imprisoned in Russia for the possession of drugs, is likely to be exchanged for a Russian arms dealer, Victor Boat. America also wants the return of Paul Whelan, a Marine jailed for espionage. America's job growth was unexpectedly strong in July, according to figures from the Labor Department. Employers added 528,000 jobs, taking the level of employment above its pre-pandemic level and assuaging fears that the economy was falling into a recession. The news could give the Federal Reserve more reason to raise interest rates further in its campaign to slow inflation. Health officials in Britain said there were early signs that the spread of monkeypox was slowing. The country has some 2,900 confirmed cases of the virus, which is similar to smallpox, but less fatal. The announcement comes a day after America declared its own monkeypox outbreak a public health emergency, following a similar move by the World Health Organization. Three more ships carrying about 58,000 tons of grain left Ukrainian ports under the deal relaxing Russia's blockade. The first sailed on Monday. According to the Financial Times, Ukraine has called for the deal to be expanded to include other products, such as metals. Separately, Britain's defense ministry said Russian forces occupying the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant, Europe's largest, appear to have undermined its safety. Israel attacked targets in the Gaza Strip that it said were linked to Palestinian Islamic Jihad, a militant group. Gaza's health ministry reported that at least eight people had been killed, including a PIJ commander and a young girl. The Israeli strikes followed rising tension after Israel arrested a PIJ member in the occupied West Bank. Indonesia's GDP growth in the second quarter beat expectations, rising 5.44% from a year earlier. Southeast Asia's largest economy was bolstered by its exports, propped up by high global commodity prices, as well as resurgent consumption. And Gambe, a Chinese term meaning drink up. The word is often used when people try to bring up life under China's COVID-19 lockdowns, according to one psychologist. And now... Here's a deeper look at the day ahead. Republican sentiment grows in Jamaica. The former British colony's celebration on Saturday of 60 years of independence will be bittersweet. Many Jamaicans had hoped that by now their country would not only be independent, but might also have removed Britain's Queen Elizabeth II as its head of state. Republican sentiment has been growing across the Caribbean, where 9 of 13 sovereign island states were once ruled by Britain. Other islands remain overseas dependencies. Last year, Barbados shed the British monarchy. Jamaica's government has set out a plan to do the same by 2025. But removing the monarch requires the assent of two-thirds of lawmakers in the lower House and Senate and of citizens in a referendum. That is a tall order, and many Jamaicans see debates about the head of state as of little importance compared with improving the economy and reducing sky-high levels of violence. Addressing those may prove even harder. Twintown, USA In 1823, the Ohio settlement of Millsville was rechristened Twinsburg in honor of Moses and Aaron Wilcox, identical brothers who donated land and money to the town on the condition it was named after them. In 1976, the town invited twins to visit, capitalizing on the name. Now a three-day festival held this weekend, Twins Days is the largest gathering of the multiple birthed in the world. Although the festivities are aimed towards twins, triplets, and quads, singletons are welcome too. One highlight is the Double Take Parade. This year's theme is Welcome to the Jungle. So expect rainforest creatures coming two by two. Twins make great lab rats, too. So, amid the look alike contests, siblings in Twinsburg undergo scientific testing. Identical pairs are used to examine the relationship between genes and environment. One study will look at whether taste is genetically determined. Another takes biometric samples to improve facial recognition technology, identity mix-ups being an issue many twins know only too well. Sino-American Rivalry in the South Pacific Eighty years after Allied forces landed in the Solomon Islands to confront Japan's army, a senior American diplomat will visit the Oceanic country in a bid to combat expanding Chinese influence in the Pacific. This weekend, Wendy Sherman, the Deputy Secretary of State, will commemorate the anniversary of the Battle of Guadalcanal and meet Solomon Islands officials, including the Prime Minister, Manasseh Sogavari. Mr. Sogavari alarmed America and its allies in April by signing a security pact with China, allowing it to send security forces and naval ships to the Solomons. Critics fear that could lead to a Chinese military base. China and the Solomon Islands say they have no such plans, but America and its regional allies, especially Australia, have nonetheless promised more aid and engagement with Pacific Island nations. Miss Sherman's delegation is also visiting Samoa, Tonga, Australia, and New Zealand. At least her island hopping shouldn't rattle the Chinese as much as Nancy Pelosi's did. The Sandman Comes to Netflix From 1988 to 1996, Neil Gaiman, a prolific author, immersed readers in an intricately plotted supernatural universe. At its center was Dream, also known as Morpheus or the Sandman, among other names, who controls all dreams. Attempts to turn the Sandman into a film or television series floundered for decades. This weekend, Netflix released the first 10-episode season of its adaptation of the graphic novel. The result is magnificent. The comic's episodic structure makes it well-suited to television. Netflix's gargantuan investment—of a reported $15 million per episode, exceeding even the estimated budget of The Crown, $13 million—ensures that it is an audiovisual extravaganza. Perhaps the money, like the weight, will have been worth it. Should the Sandman of 2022 find the same fervent fans as the original did, Netflix will have a wealth of material with which to make sequels and (laughs) spin-offs. Weekend Profile – Gustavo Petro, a former guerrilla and Colombia's next president Latin America is known for its leftist revolutionaries, from Che Guevara to Hugo Chavez. Yet a leftist ruler was once unthinkable in Colombia. For 52 years until 2016, the government was at war with a Marxist guerrilla movement known as the FARC in the longest armed conflict in the Western Hemisphere. But on Sunday, Colombia will at last get a leftist leader of its own when Gustavo Petro assumes the presidency. As a 17-year-old, Mr. Petro joined the April 19th Movement, an urban guerrilla group known by its acronym M-19. A low-level functionary, in 1985 he was imprisoned for allegedly storing weapons when the M-19 ambushed the Supreme Court, its most notorious act. When the army arrived, about half the court's judges were killed in the ensuing crossfire, as well as nearly 100 other people. After the M-19 demobilized in 1990, Mr. Petro entered politics. He became famous as a congressman for exposing links between some politicians and right-wing paramilitary. Today, he still harbors some of his revolutionary spirit. He has groups and for calling out corruption. But he was less successful as mayor of Bogota from 2012 to 2015. There, he developed a reputation as a dictatorial boss and was briefly suspended after mismanaging the municipal restructuring of a private rubbish collection service. He promised to provide all unemployed Colombians, 11% of the workforce, with a state job and to make education free. He wants to prohibit new licenses for oil and gas exploration, though extractive industries make up around half of Colombia's exports. Yet much of Mr. Petro's youthful idealism has diminished. He picked José Antonio Ocampo, a moderate, as his finance minister, to serve alongside several other centrist ministers. Mr. Ocampo has dismissed the idea of offering state jobs to the unemployed. Since the election in June, Mr. Petro has focused on building support among the established parties he once denounced, including meeting his arch-nemesis, Alvaro Uribe, a powerful right-wing former president. Most of the country's big parties have promised to back him, which may give him the majority needed to pass reforms, including a tax bill that will be his first major test in government. The rebel has become the peacemaker. Winners of this week's quiz. Thank you to everyone who took part in this week's quiz. The winners chosen at random from each continent were Asia, Sujon Lee, Seoul, South Korea. North America, Gail Rutherford, Colorado Springs, United States. Central and South America, Michael Bryant, Nova Friburgo, Brazil. Europe, Amiolo San Marti, San Carles de la Rapita, Spain. Africa, Paul Lee, Pretoria, South Africa. Oceana Grant Reese, Queenstown, New Zealand. They all gave the correct answers of Mel Blanc, Logan's Run, Prince Rainier III, Fuji photo film, Earl of Snowden. The theme is mountains. Mont Blanc, Mount Logan, the highest in Canada, Mount Rainier, Mount Fuji, and Mount Snowden. And visit the Espresso app for our new weekend crossword, designed for experienced cruciverbalists and newcomers alike. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Andy Warhol, who was born on this day in 1928. In the future, everyone will be world famous for 15 minutes. That's the World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week,